Welcome to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we have conversations about prayer and motherhood for today's Christian mom. I'm your host, Brooke McLaughlin, an author, speaker, teacher, and small town girl from the mountains of Appalachia. Over the years, I've had the privilege of encouraging countless moms toward a richer prayer life, helping them catch a vision for the partnership God invites them into as they become praying moms. It's the combination of the two that makes this podcast different. Not just motherhood, not just prayer, both. Prayer is one of the most overlooked parts of Christian parenting today. And because of that, my goal is to help you see it not as a last resort, but as your first and best response. Hey guys, it's Brooke. Today, my friends, is a good day. Not only do I get to chat with a special guest whose heart for prayer matches my own so beautifully, it's also the very beginning of October. And if you know me at all, you know I love October. Here in the mountains of Virginia where I live, the trees are changing colors and falling to the ground and the air is crisp and fresh in a way, well, in a way that just makes my heart smile. You know the difference, right? Like I can smile even if I'm upset or sad, but there's nothing like a deep down heart level smile that reaches your face and touches your heart. And that's what October does to me. So I feel like I breathe easier in October, like my heart is at peace as I watch the leaves fall. And for some reason, I am just happier. I look forward to it all year long. That's why I love the timing of having our guest on the show. Today's episode is sponsored by our Psalms Part 1 prayer calendar. The Psalms remind us of who God is and give our hearts strength to keep believing when it seems like the world is falling apart. And if all is well in our worlds, the Psalms prepare us for when it isn't. Get your 25-day prayer calendar that guides you through praying the first 41 chapters of the Psalms for your family today by visiting millionprayingmoms.com forward slash pray dash the dash word dash challenge, or just find the link in today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Now on to today's show. Asherita Chuchu is a best-selling author, a national speaker, and host of the Prayers of Rest podcast. You're going to want to check that podcast out. She's a Romanian missionary kid. She's passionate about helping Christians around the world enjoy Jesus through creative spiritual habits. Asherita is married to her high school sweetheart, and together they're raising their three spunky kids in Northeastern Ohio. Today, we're going to talk to her about her brand new book, Prayers of Rest, daily prompts to slow down and hear God's voice. I know you're going to love her as much as I do. Asherita, welcome to the Million Praying Moms podcast. Tell everyone listening a little bit about yourself, your family, and your ministry before we get started. Sure, Brooke. Thank you so much for having me on. It's my joy to be here. It's a whole lot to share, but like the brief overview is that I was a missionary kid in Romania for 10 years, and that's where I met my high school sweetheart, Flavio. And uh, together, we live in Northeast Ohio now, and we have three kids, ages nine and under, and they're just my joy. I feel like so much of what I get to do as a writer and a speaker and a Bible teacher is public-facing, and it really is such an honor and privilege to do that. But the greatest privilege is discipling my own kids, and that's something that no one sees behind the scenes, but that's also, I think, the greatest joy is to see our own kids uh, walking in God's truth and growing to love and know Him more. 
Yeah, I think absolutely that's the truth. And most of the time, maybe you find this to be true as well. Most of the time, what I am able to share with the moms of Million Praying Moms comes directly from the fruit of my own home. You know, it comes directly from what God has been teaching me about raising my children and being a mom and following hard after him and parenting through prayer. All of that comes from exactly what God's teaching me in the private places of my own home. And so I resonate with that so much. So I love hearing that. And we're really not that far away. So you're in Ohio and I'm in Virginia. I don't know what part of Ohio, but we're not like super, super far away from each other. We're in the same time zone, I think, which is cool. And so do you guys get the full four seasons where you are? Oh, we do. Yeah. The leaves are changing colors. <laughs> the kids actually asked my husband yesterday if he could make like a leaf pile. So he tried, but there are not very many leaves that have fallen right. already. So <laughs> we'll have to wait a little bit longer. It's coming, guys. I promise. I know. We. <laughs> I was driving just the other day and down a... Uh, I live in the country, so we've got lots of mountains and country roads around here. And I was driving to one particular location and just happened to look around me, take my eyes off the road for a second and look at the trees. And I noticed that they were starting to change. And I don't know if you love fall the way that I love fall, but just noticing the change in the colors, it was like this breath of fresh air just came into my heart and in my mind. And I love fall so much. So I am so excited about it and also really love being from a place where we have the four distinct seasons. So I feel like we've got a few things in common there. Actually, I think we have a lot in common and we're going to talk about that today. I would love if you would share with our listeners your prayer story. Uh, Yeah, well, it's a story that has lots of different points on it, but I was raised in a family of Christians. My mom and dad both loved and followed Jesus from before I was born. My dad was a pastor in Romania during the time of communism. And that's part of the story of escaping and just growing up, hearing how God provided and protected my family and my parents on their journey from Romania to the U.S. and then back to Romania as missionaries. So prayer was modeled for me from a young age. And also, like, my parents had expectations of me when it came to prayer. Like, we would kneel together in a circle and and pray together. And that, from a very young age, I would say that I grew to love Jesus. And, and there's stages to spiritual development. And as a younger kid, it was like, okay, we do this because that's what we're supposed to do. Like you read your Bible and pray every day if you want to grow. That was a popular Sunday school song when I was a kid. As I got older though, it became a desire in my heart. And, you know, from what we know from scripture, no one comes to the father unless the father draws us to himself. So I can look back and see God's spirit working in my heart placing in me a desire to pray. My teenage years, I spent a lot of time journaling my prayers. And there's a whole lot of different parts of the story, but jump, you know, fast forward about 15 or 20 years as a busy mom, I didn't have the luxury of two or three hours in my room by myself to just read (laughs) and pray and journal and play my guitar and worship. Like in some ways those felt like the good old days. But I was trying to reconcile, okay, what does it look like to continue to seek God's face, to continue to make time with Him a priority when I hardly have time to go to the bathroom by myself? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think every mother listening right now is nodding their head going, yeah, I get that. (laughs) Yeah. So over the past 10 years, I mean, that's where my heart and my ministry was born out of is that sincere desire to say, I don't want to wait until the children leave the home for me to return to a place of joy in Jesus. Like I want to figure it out in the midst of this busy season to make time with Jesus, my one thing alone. And there are different things that I've done in different seasons, but this particular burden for prayer and also specifically resting in God's presence in prayer came directly from the pandemic. We were two weeks into lockdown and Brooke, I love my family dearly, um, <laughs> but I feel like I love them more when we have some time apart. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, and my kids were home. We were trying to figure out like online schooling with them and trying to help them do their schooling. They were missing their grandparents and cousins. My husband was working from home, and so I was trying to keep the kids quiet while he was on his conference calls, and they needed to eat non-stop. <laughs> it felt like, and I lean introverted. And so I just needed time by myself and there was no where to go. Like we weren't leaving the house. We weren't sure how long would this last and so much, just so much crowding in. And I, I remember Brooke being at my kitchen sink the kids were arguing in the living room over something. Flavia was on a conference call. I was trying to like clean up the dishes from lunch and my heart started pounding. My hands got like sweaty and clammy and started shaking and my vision started getting dark. And I just remember gripping onto like the edge of the sink being like, what is happening to my body right now? (laughs) And in retrospect, it was a panic attack. Um, I'd never experienced a panic attack, but it was like the sensory overload and and the emotional burden was having a physical effect on my body. And I like rushed to the laundry room because that was the only place I could find like to get away from the noise and the kids. And I sank to the floor and started saying, I just can't do this anymore. I I can't do this anymore. There's just too much going on. I can't do this anymore. And that felt like a soundtrack on repeat in my mind of, I can't do this anymore. And in that quiet, in that space, um, verses I'd memorized long, long ago came to mind from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. And I thought, yeah, that's true, but I can't do this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And it took a good 10 minutes for the voice of God's truth to grow louder than the own doubts in my own heart and mind. But over those minutes, the I can't do this anymore got quieter and quieter. And the reassurance that God is present, a refuge, got louder and louder until finally I was left on the floor saying, okay, Lord, you are my refuge, but I need to figure out how to make that practically real in my life in this season when there's nowhere I can go, when it feels like if I wake up, the kids are going to wake up. Like, how do I make you my refuge and my hiding place? And Brooke, he impressed on my heart the need to wake up earlier. I'm a night owl. I don't prefer waking up early to have my time with Jesus, but I realized in that season, it was the only time I would get to be alone, to find rest, to have a reset. 
And I invited my friends online on Instagram. I said, you know, if you're feeling this too, I'm going to go, I'm going to pray 7 to 7.30 every morning. You're welcome to join me. We'll spend some time resting in God's truth. And the next morning I woke up, I was like, well, this was a bad idea because all my (laughs) friends are up late watching Netflix and whatever show was trending at the time. And here I am like, waking up all by myself, but I'd made the commitment. And so with a a trembling finger, I hit go live. I was like, I don't even know if anyone's going to show up, but I know I need this. And Brooke that day, dozens of women from around the world join in live. And the next day, and the next day, and week after week after week, we gathered to rest in the promises of God, to remind our hearts of what is true when it felt like the world around us was falling apart. There's so much unknown, so much that would cause trepidation and fear and panic attacks, right? Uh, strained relationships, our churches, like we weren't gathering together. It was such a state of unknown that the only way we made it through was by resting in God's presence, in prayer, standing firm on His promises, on His truth. And it wasn't just me. It was the hundreds of women that gathered over those weeks in those live prayer calls that we experienced the pandemic differently because we were resting in God's presence. Yeah. I Man, I love that so much. I think there's so many great things I could point out. One of them is that so often— what I do in online ministry, it's because I need it just as much as I want to share it with other people. Like much of what we do comes from a place of, you know what? I need you to show up here, Lord. I need to experience a deeper part of you or a deeper truth of you or more of your presence in my life right now, Lord. So I'm just going to invite other people to join me in that process because I am definitely an introvert, but man, it's sweeter when other people are experiencing it with you. It's just a a great thing. So that stuck out to me. The other thing is that I have found that in my own life, when struggles come, I usually respond in one of a few ways. One is I run the other direction. Sometimes that's just my own personal way of, of handling things. Sometimes I'll run away. Although the Lord has graciously helped me not do that as much as I used to in my youth. But the other thing that I do, I'll either run or I'll turn to him immediately. And during the pandemic, during what is undoubtedly one of the most difficult seasons that our collective humanity has endured, our family turned to God in prayer as well. And you said, we experienced the pandemic differently. And I think my family did too, because we invited God to join us for rhythms throughout our day. Yes, it was a little bit crazy. My children, I think, are slightly older than yours, so it may have been a little bit different than what you guys experienced. But I found that at lunchtime, we would come and sit down together and we would eat together and I would open up the word my husband's job required him to still go out into the world. And so if he was here, he worked shift work. So if he was here, he joined us. If he was not, then it was just me. But we would gather together, me and the boys, and sit down and read some truth from God's word and pray together. And sometimes we would pray over a need that we knew of, or sometimes we would just pray from God's word. But 
like we had, I felt like even though we were in the same home, I felt like we were all kind of going in different directions because the boys still had their own things that they needed to take care of for school. I still had some work I needed to do. My husband was still leaving our home to go to work and that provided its own kind of stressor for us. But this was a point that we could pull together. It wasn't at seven o'clock in the morning, but it was a time that just our family could pull together, could join together at the table for just a few minutes and say, let's pause for a second and invite God into our days. And that's really all it has to look like is, is just pausing and saying, Lord, I want you to be in this with us. That's all it takes to experience not just a pandemic differently, but all of life differently has kind of been my experience. One of the things I love as I was reading through your book, Prayers of Rest, Daily Prompts to Slow Down and Hear God's Voice, which by the way, is a gorgeous book. Like it is absolutely beautiful. It's one of those books that you're going to want to display, you know, on your coffee table or keep by your bedside. It's just an absolutely gorgeous work of art. I think it's so pretty. But I love your admission in the book that you do not consider yourself an expert on prayer. And I think maybe the reason that that struck me is because I've written several books on prayer and I think I might have said that in every single book. Like it's important to me that people know that I don't consider myself an expert on prayer. And you said that too. And as I mentioned in the beginning, I think you and I have so much in common, but it blessed me to see another woman who is passionate about prayer say, I'm not an expert on prayer. So I'd love for you just kind of as an aside to share in your opinion, is anybody really an expert on prayer? And if so, what are the characteristics of this kind of expert? Because here's what I find. I find that sometimes moms, especially who are so busy, like you described earlier, and and we've got people tugging at us from all directions and we struggle to even find time to go to the bathroom alone. We think that people who have vibrant prayer lives are somehow different than us, or maybe God has gifted them specifically or uh, differently than he has gifted us. And I think that, you know, I'm not saying there can't be different giftings in the body of Christ, but I actually think that prayer is a gift that God gives to everybody, all of his children. So why would you say you're not an expert on prayer? Are there experts on prayer? And what does that look like? Oh, Brooke, I feel like that's a trick question. Are there experts on prayer? I don't know. I mean, maybe there are. Um, I think the term expert has a a connotation of like, you've arrived. Like, there's no more left to learn because you have now achieved some sort of like comprehensive understanding of a topic. And if that's how we define expert, then no, I, I don't think there are any experts. However, there are women and men of prayer who have dedicated their lives to prayer. There are those who I think have the gift of intercession, which is a burden to be in a spirit of prayer for other people. What I found in my own life is that, you know, I'm, how old am I now? I think I'm 34. (laughs) I lost track. (laughs) I think once I hit my 30s, I just stopped counting. But but I have prayed my whole life long. Like since I was able to string together words, my parents had me praying. And so you could say I've been praying for over 30 years and yet I still learn new aspects of prayer, new just new invitations from God 
to be talking with him. I I think, yeah, there's intercessory prayer. I have a friend who has a burden for praying the armor of God for warfare prayer, for a uh, like aggressive attack against the kingdom of darkness in prayer. I think, like I said, there are those who intercede in prayer. What I've been learning lately is the value of resting in prayer. I mean, that's different than warfare praying, but I think we need those. There's beauty in praying scripture and learning how to pray God's words with confidence, knowing that he hears you. And I think there is a time and a place for silence in prayer, in a spirit of prayer where there are no words, yet we trust that the spirit is interceding for us. So are there any experts on prayer? I don't think so. I I think our whole life long, God's invitation is for us to come to him, all of us who are weary and heavy burdened, and find our rest in him, and yet also continue to discover the delights of being in his presence and in that ongoing communion with him, where even washing dishes can be done in a spirit of prayer and being in the carpool line can be done in a spirit of prayer. Uh, That's the beauty of our relationship with God is it's ever deepening, ever widening. There's always more with him. Yeah. He's the gift, right? Like we come to God. I find that most of the time when I first started praying and even now, and then as I hear other women share their stories on prayer, most of us come to God in prayer because we're desperate in some way. We need something from Him, whether it's peace in our current circumstances, or we have a child that is wayward, or we have a loved one that's sick, or whether we need financial support. Or I mean, the list of needs just goes on and on and on. But we come to God because we need Him. We have recognized that He has something we don't have. And we come to Him because we want answers to those problems. We want Him to solve those needs, provide for those needs. But the bigger gift, and sometimes He does, right? Sometimes He comes in immediately and and answers our prayers. Sometimes He asks us to wait. Sometimes He says yes. Sometimes He says no. He has a right to say no because He's God and we're not. But I have found over the years that the best gift that God gives me when I come to him in prayer is more of himself. He's the best gift. He's the best answer to prayer. It's just having that peace of knowing that God is with me and that no matter what happens as a result of the prayer that I'm bringing to him or the current situation that I'm in, I have him. I always have him. He's always constant. And there's nothing, even if he says no, there's nothing that can take me away from that. And I love that piece, knowing that that's the truth. Tell us a little bit about, so your your book again is titled Prayers of Rest. What is the rest prayer format? What does that mean? Yeah, so that's something that I came up with, again, for myself, primarily. I grew up with lots of different frameworks for prayer. And I found so many different ones helpful over the years. But what I found was my own tendency to treat prayer as an item on my to-do list. Um, Like, you know, brush teeth and make breakfast, check, 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 and pray, check. Um, And what my soul longed for was just a spirit of abiding in Christ and being at rest with Him. So I I'm a word nerd and I use the word rest as a guide to help me through that. So uh, really quick, R stands for recite God's goodness. And this is when we 
start by thanking God for who he is and for what he's done in our lives. If we are praying scripture using the rest format, we pause and we look at the text and say, okay, what does this teach me about God? What can I praise him for as he's revealed in this verse or passage of scripture? And then also looking at specifically, how does this apply in my life? Like, can I look at past 24 hours or the last few days and see where God has been good? Let me pause and praise him for that worship for the way he has revealed himself to me in personal ways. So that's the R in rest, recite God's goodness. The E stands for express your neediness. And this is the place where we're honest with God about our needs. We're honest about the hard emotions that are bubbling in our soul. We're honest about the places where, like you said, Brooke, we turn and run away (laughs) and we confess. If there's something to confess, this is a place where we express that, we express our needs. And I think probably for different listeners, different parts of the REST acronym will come more easily than others. But yeah, we start by reciting God's goodness. We express our neediness. And that the S is the part that comes hardest for me personally, and that is seek God's stillness. Um, and that's why I put it in the middle of the REST acronym, Brooke, because I think if I left it on the end, I would just like, okay, God, nice chatting to you. <laughs> like, I don't yes. have time to be still right now. <laughs> but as I've been studying scripture over the years, there's this recurring theme in scripture, be still and know that I am God. As you're reading the Psalms, there's this word, Selah, that is an encouragement to pause and ponder and just be quiet. Just think about what you just said. There's God's invitation that he has placed his own spirit inside of us. So he's always with us, but I don't think we're aware of his presence because we're going so fast and there's so much noise. There's so much input that unless we willingly slow down to be still, to become aware of God's presence around us and within us, um, I think we're just too busy to hear his voice. I think of Elijah and how he was listening for God, right? In in the wind and in the fire and in the earthquake, but it was his still small voice. As we train our ear to recognize God's still small voice, our hearts become attuned to that so that as we then enter into the busyness and the noise and the rush, our ears are better formed to hear him throughout the day. So it's not just becoming aware of God's presence in a time of prayer, but rather training our souls to recognize him with us throughout the day. Because if you belong to Jesus, there's nothing that will separate you from him. But you can lose the sense of his presence if you're not kind of becoming aware to that. So the R is reciting God's goodness. The E is expressing our neediness. The S is seeking his stillness. And that's the time to just be still, be aware of God's presence. Sometimes I'll ask him, I'll say, okay, God, I just said a whole bunch of stuff. Is there anything you want to say to me? <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. Uh, like Samuel, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then the T in rest is trust his faithfulness. 
And this is where we preach the gospel truth to our own souls, that God is who he said he is, and he will do what he said he will do in the world and in our lives too. So whatever it is that we brought to God in expressing our needs, this is the time to surrender and to say, okay, God, I trust you with this. If there's something that he's revealed to us in the stillness that he's calling us to do, this is the time to trust and obey and commit. Okay, I'm going to walk out what you've given me to do today. I am going to be faithful, but I'm going to trust you and your faithfulness, that you're the one who's going to do the good work and I can rest in that. So when we trust God to work, we can rest in his presence, even as we join him in that work. I love that. It really is a process that equips you to then go out and do what God's called you to do that day full. You've rested in him, you've listened to him, and now out of the fullness of that relationship with him, you go out and do whatever he's asked you to do. Let me ask you this question because I I think it's a practical question that some of our listeners might like to know. How long does this process take you every day? If you do this every day, about how long does it take? I mean, once you learn the process, it can be as quick as a 30 second prayer at your kitchen sink. You know, it might be that the kids are arguing in the living room. I mean, I keep coming back to this because how often does it happen? (laughs) Uh, And they're over there screaming. And my instinct is to yell back at them to be quiet, right? And we all know how well that works. And so in that moment, I can pause. I can recite God's goodness. God, what's true about you right now? God, thank you that you are a patient father, (laughs) that you are patient with me when I'm wayward. And because of that, you're present with me right now. Yeah, thanks for that. God, you know, I'm about to lose my temper. (laughs) You know how overwhelmed I am right now. You know that I need your wisdom and how I speak to my children. And that seek his stillness might just be one or two deep breaths. Just take a deep breath. Just be present where you are. Become aware of God's presence with you in that moment. And then a commitment that I trust that your spirit is doing a work in me that the fruit of your spirit is love, it's patience, it's self-control. So God, I trust that as I go talk to my kids right now, that your spirit is going to work through me to show that same loving patience that you've shown toward me, right? I mean, that took a little bit to explain through right now, but it really can just be a quick 20 to 30 second prayer, or it can be like, I've prayed this way over an hour long as I'm praying scripture, as I'm journaling, like journaling is going to take me longer (laughs) to write out my prayers. I might be going through a really hard season and spend a lot of time in that expressing of my needs and really digging deep and saying, okay, what's going on here, God? Would you search my heart? Would you know my anxious thoughts? Um, That's the beauty, I think, of the rest format is it can be as long or as short as you need it to be. And it becomes a rhythm of conversation with God throughout the day. Absolutely. And it's one of those processes that the more you use it, the more it becomes second nature. And so as you are spending time, you know, in the beginning, you might have to teach yourself. You might have to go R, E, S, T, you know, telling yourself, do this, do this, do this, do this. But the beauty of hiding things in our heart that way, like God tells us to do with scripture, is that the more we do it, the more natural it becomes and more it becomes just the outgrowth of what's already in your heart. So I imagine that the more you've used it, the easier it's become to just 
you know, let it be your default. And the other thing that I see in that that resonates deeply with me is that using this format, and there's no necessarily right or wrong format. When I was first learning to pray, my prayers often just looked like, Jesus, help me. (laughs) You know, that was it. That was those were my very first prayers when my kids, not my very first prayers, but my first prayers of motherhood were, Jesus, help me. I need you now. I need you to come now. That's what it looked like. But either way you put it, whether it's Jesus come now or whether it's using the rest format, you're inviting God into that moment and you're acknowledging him and you're saying, I want you to be Lord here. And I think we don't do that enough. We go on with our days. We get to the end of the day and we're like, oh man, I didn't even pray today. But the God that we serve wants to be the God of our moments. He wants to give us wisdom right in the moment that we need it, if we'll just remember to ask him for it. So I love that this is your experience. And I'm excited about how this can equip our moms to have something similar. The book, Prayers of Rest, is divided up topically. So in theory, a reader could look at the index and they could find a struggle that they're experiencing, and then they could find words to a prayer. And I really love this. As our listeners know, I love putting words to prayers, providing a reference or a guide to help women have words in situations where words might be hard to come by. And when we're grieving, you know, like when we're mad at God, when we're in the pandemic and we don't even feel like we have control over anything, when we're struggling with a child or just maybe don't have the right words to pray, having a trusted friend to point us in the right direction can make all the difference. So I'm curious about which of the prayers in the book are the most special to you. (laughs) That's a hard question. I mean, there's 365 prayers in there. And so there is a prayer for every occasion. I love when I go speak or I'm at a retreat or something and someone will buy a copy of Prayers of Rest, I'll sign it for them. And then I'll ask them a little bit more about what they're going through. And then I'll move the bookmark to like, okay, Here's the prayer you need to start with. (laughs) But if I were to look at the collection overall, I think the one collection that stands out to me is Prayers for Hard Emotions. I looked at the Psalms and took what psychologists create like an emotion wheel that, that you can kind of go through and start with just like big general emotions, but then also like they get more specific. And that's something that was hard for me for most of my life to put into words what I'm feeling. Because growing up, I was, I had the impression that we need to prioritize our thoughts, our rational being, the the rational part of us over our emotions that we can't trust our feelings. And so that kind of caused me to stuff those feelings down and ignore them. And part of my experience through the pandemic was looking at the Psalms and seeing like, oh, no, no, no. Like the Psalmists are super honest about what they're feeling. (laughs) Like there's no holding back on. I am furious right now. I really envy that person. I'm depressed. I feel like there's no hope for me. Like that is part of the beauty of the Psalms is just how honest David and Moses and Solomon and all the other psalmists are about God. This is where I am right now. Like, you know, all things already. And, and what I found about it. Yeah. Yeah. What I <laughs> yeah. found is there is value in bringing those emotions to God, not because he needs to be informed about them, but because he wants to meet us in the midst of those hard emotions. He wants us to run to him 
with the hard emotion instead of ignoring it or hiding in it, because that's what the enemy of our souls wants. He wants us to turn away from God in those hard emotions. So, I mean, all this to say, there's a whole collection in the book called Prayers for Hard Emotions, Prayers for Every Emotion. It's 50 different prayers, each taking a verse from the Psalms and putting it over that emotion wheel so that whether you're feeling celebratory and excited or you're sad or mad or angry, there is a verse for that. There is a prayer for that in the Psalms. And we've taken that prayer and then laid the rest framework over it to help you take those hard emotions to Jesus. First of all, you're speaking to someone who my degree is in psychology and my master's degree is in counseling. So when you start talking about the emotions and all that, that's definitely my my wheelhouse. But you are also speaking to a person who has big emotions. And what a gift God's word is to those of us who have big emotions. I think of the times when I was less mature in my faith, when I just let my emotions fly, you know, like I just vomited, for lack of a better word, my emotions all over whoever I was angry with or upset with, or even just, you know, not even maybe upset with them, but I just felt this deep, compelling need to share, like, this is what's happening. And this is how I feel about it. And all of those things. And what a gift it is to know that while you're right, God already knows how we feel about it. We can actually take that need to share what's in our heart to the Lord before we have to share it with anybody else. And actually then he can give us wisdom to know, should we share it with anyone else? But he can also, you know, I've I've said for years, our emotions are not bad in and of themselves. Emotions are good, but they're indicators and they have to be submitted to the cross of Christ, just like anything else does. And so I love, we could have an entire conversation just about that. I love that you included that in the book. Asherita, normally I end a show by asking my guests to provide a few verses that relate to the topic of discussion that day. And then we kind of turn them into prayers that our listeners can pray for themselves or for their children. But you've already done that. You've already done the work of giving us these beautiful, heartfelt prayers inside of Prayers of Rest. So I wondered, I just want to mix it up a little bit today and do things differently. Would you take just a moment and pray one of the prayers from the book that speaks to your heart the most personally for our listeners as we close. Sure. It'd be my honor. And just the way that this works is I'll walk us through the framework. I'll pray. And then usually like on our prayer podcast, we leave space for listeners to be able to put words to their own prayers. But here on this podcast, you can just hit the pause button and just take a few moments to talk to God after each of these parts of the prayer. So this prayer is called Teach Us to Pray. It's on page 34 of Praying Like Jesus. And the verse that we are praying through is Luke chapter 11, verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. So let's begin by reciting God's goodness, praising him for who he is and for what he's done in our lives. Jesus, you are our teacher, and there's no request too big or too small for you. Thank you that we can be honest about our weaknesses and our insecurities, even when it comes to prayer, when we feel like 
we're no experts and we have no seminary degree and we have little experience. God, thank you that you welcome us with open arms. Thank you that you are the way to the Father. You are our Savior. You are our teacher. You are our friend. We praise you for that. So take a few moments now to recite God's goodness in your own life. Where has he met you? Where has he taught you? Where has he led you in your own prayer journey? Let's continue now by expressing our neediness. And Lord, we confess that we still have so much to learn when it comes to prayer. Help us to adopt the heart posture of a student to be humble and to be willing to receive your instruction. God, we want to make prayer a priority in our lives, that this daily ongoing conversation with you would be our source of power and energy and sustenance. God, would you teach us how to pray? So now take a few moments to express your own neediness to God. Where where do you feel unqualified in prayer? Where do you struggle to make it a priority? Confess that to God. So let's take time now to seek his stillness. Just take a few moments of quiet to be still with God, to become aware of his loving presence surrounding you this very moment, wherever you are. Just be still with him. And finally, let's trust God's faithfulness. Precious Jesus, just as you were faithful to teach your disciples how to pray, God, we trust that you will teach us, that you will grow us in our prayer lives as well. God, we can't wait to see how your spirit will work in our hearts and lives today and in the days and in the weeks to come. Lord, we want to pray more because we want you more. We want more of you. So God, thank you that you will do this. So in closing, just say, God, I trust you. I trust you to grow my prayer life, not because of my own power, but because of your power through your spirit in me. And in closing, I want to pray a blessing over you. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all generations, now and forevermore. Amen. Mm, Amen. Thank you so much. Man, that was worth the whole thing right there. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. That's it for today, friends. I sincerely hope that you have enjoyed talking to Asherita as much as I have. If you'd like to learn more about her ministry or get a copy of her book, Prayers of Rest, just visit today's show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. I'll have all the information you need to find her and get connected with her ministry. Till next time, friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of Million Praying Moms. You can connect with other praying women by following us on Instagram at Million Praying Moms or by visiting our website where you'll find tools to guide you as a praying mom, like our monthly scripture-inspired prayer calendars. Yours for only $5 a month when you become a patron of Million Praying Moms. 
If you love this podcast and want to be a part of making sure it sticks around and reaches other moms with the message that prayer is not a last resort, but the first and best response to motherhood, consider joining our Patreon family. There are options for everyone, including our $5 a month prayer calendar option, perfect for both the beginner and seasoned praying mom who wants to pray God's word for her children. Depending upon your needs, you can get access to our classes, courses, podcast scripts, discussion questions for each podcast, and even vote on certain aspects related to the ministry of Million Praying Moths. And I also have a free gift for you too. Download your free copy of my resource, How to Pray God's Word for Your Children, when you subscribe to the podcast. It's a step-by-step guide for how to get started praying the scriptures for yourself and your family. If you love this podcast, would you help us reach more moms with our message by leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts? We sure would appreciate it. Find all the links you need at millionprayingmoms.com. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.